really grateful that we've been able to accrue such an amazing team of speakers for the day. So I know anybody coming out is going to walk away. My hope is that they're going to walk away inspired. Steve Sherlock here for Franklin Matters, Franklin Public Radio, WFPR.FM, anywhere on the internet, and in the Franklin Mass area, dial at 102.9, here for a session with Kay Kelly, the Cultural Council Chair. Kay, happy Thursday to you. Happy Thursday, Steve. Thanks for having me on today. You're welcome. Now, we're going to talk about a special event coming up on May 14th, some big Arts and Culture Symposium. Yes, we're really, really excited about a new event. We've taken something that used to be called Arts Advocacy Day. uh, That was a successful event that took place three springs in a row in Franklin. And we've morphed that into something a little different and a little bigger. It's called the Metro West Arts and Culture Symposium. And it will have pieces of the original Arts Advocacy Day, but it's got a little bit more to offer as well. So it's Advocacy Plus. So this year, yes, we've booked the high school in anticipation of a larger audience. And we have a a big uh, keynote speaker, the executive director of the Mass Cultural Council, Michael Bobbitt, will be our keynote speaker for the the first annual. We hope this will be an annual spring event in Franklin. Um, And we are using the, the high school. So we're really excited about that as well. Indeed. And I think you're coordinating with the cultural district as well yes. as the cultural council and mass cultural council, of course. So it's really kind of a tri collaboration, but hosted by you with the cultural district because it's Franklin based. Yes, we are partnering with them. They've been a, a great um, advocate and resource for us. And they've also been able to really lock us into the high school in a way that I, I, didn't have those connections. So through the cultural district, we've also acquired the Franklin High School jazz band and a string section, as well as the whole arts hallway. We'll have all their art art out on display. So it's going to be just a really joyous uh, celebration, especially right as you walk into the, the foyer of the high school. Great. Yes, I'm looking forward to it because as some people may have seen, and we'll talk about a little bit, but I'm also one of the speakers. <laughs> you are one of the speakers, and I'm so glad that we're able to feature you in this way. We've got uh, all kinds of people coming to the event, including uh, co- other cultural councils. Um, there are, I believe, 329 cultural councils in Massachusetts. We are, of course, focusing on Metro West, but cultural councils are coming, cultural districts are coming, individual artists are coming. Art supporters are coming. We've got town councilors, town administrators, and some of our state legislators as well. So, um, you know, I know you'll be giving a topic on sharing your arts identity on social media. And certainly there are many people out of those that group that will be able to have good takeaways from you. Yeah, I'm looking forward to doing that session. And my sessions uh, tend to be interactive. Um, I advertise myself as a social practitioner and I don't advertise myself so much um, for a variety of reasons. That's mine because it's really Franklin matters and that's my focus. And that'll be part of the story that we tell there. But then in a way such that whether they're from Franklin or East Chippewa, wherever they're coming from, they hopefully will be able to get a question answered or some clarification around, okay, how do I best 
share my identity in the social media tools. And Twitter's now getting bored. What do we do with that? Facebook, I've already pulled away from, from a Franklin Matters perspective. We'll get into that a little bit. TikTok, to a certain extent, is maybe it's the right place, maybe it's not. But one of the underused places is LinkedIn, for example. Um, and that can be useful, particularly from a cultural org looking to create awareness, particularly amongst uh, the professional crowd and particularly some donors. That's a valuable resource that I think is underutilized. So those will be some of the topics and hopefully people will bring their own questions in and we'll just answer those in an interactive session. So should be fun. I couldn't agree with you more. I've actually been trying to uh, build community for this event on LinkedIn and I don't use LinkedIn a lot, but I definitely have gone there because I'm trying to find regional people that would be interested in coming. And I, we do, we have found that um, I'm still working my way around LinkedIn, but I, you know, I find it has, it has a whole different, um, I have a whole different audience there than I do mm -hmm. with Facebook and, and Instagram. Yeah, absolutely. You would yeah, totally a professional organization, um, more business oriented. It's interesting too, because a lot of the school community, very few of those actually are on LinkedIn because there are some other school, uh, at least places for job postings which is one of the key things that LinkedIn does have. So they don't go there for that. They do go to, and I forget the name of it offhand, but I know the schools do post their job postings on other sites and don't use LinkedIn. Um, but LinkedIn still has groups. Um, so you can create an affinity group for your particular org or cause and do that networking, spread the info, et cetera. So there are one other uh, event that I had coordinated for a number of times. I had a session that I somewhat reprising was now I'm on LinkedIn. What do I do? <laughs> and it would just walk through some of the quick tips in terms of, oh, this is how you search. This is how you find out in the right, right. way, as opposed right. to being like, oh, who's that? <laughs> exactly, exactly. So no, knowing that we do have, or we've worked to try to get many different types of of um, audience members, again, individual artists versus cultural districts versus legislators. We have many different angles we're coming at. We're offering four different sessions for the morning that people can choose from. We have four clinics. Uh, participants can choose from two. Uh, we have executive director Kelly Grill from the Hopkinton Center for the Arts, and she'll be speaking about building community through the arts. And specifically, I'm just gonna read her paragraph. She's talking about the importance of a public-private partnership between municipalities, the community, and private donors to create space for the arts that will then enhance the creative economy and strengthen a community. Was it either a cultural district meeting or a cultural council meeting she came to share? Because I think she also has, and she touts it in that brief paragraph where she has a public-private partnership in terms of what she's actually doing for arts and Natick, as opposed to both cultural council, cultural district, our government organizations, government committees, government budgeted, um, right. and thereby collaborating from that perspective um, with the private entities, the orgs, the social groups, et cetera, et cetera. So it's a little bit different. Still trying to achieve the same purpose. It is. And we, we know 
because this is so, a regional event, I think I just think there are a lot of people that are going to be interested in hearing what she has to say. She is coming at it from a different angle. Mm-hmm. Uh, we also have the equity and inclusion, inclusion officer, Cheyenne Cohn-Postel from Mass Cultural Council, is giving a clinic on equity and access in arts and culture. Mm. And we've got program manager uh, Timothea Pham from the Mass Cultural Council. She'll be talking about festivals and community celebrations. And she's actually using Franklin as her spotlight to talk through this. So she'll have representatives from the Franklin Cultural Council talking about um, our cultural festival. Mm-hmm. I know a lot of, uh, again, a lot of cultural councils and even just community members that are wanting more community celebrations. Um, as we know, the cultural council gives out so much grant money for these types of things. So she'll be on hand to talk about that. And then, of course, last, we have sharing your arts identity on social media by the famous. <laughs> uh, so I feel like we have a nice offering of different uh, clinics for different types of, of uh, focuses, depending on on the person coming. Mm-hmm. And then we have our local new and really well-loved uh, bakery. Birchwood Bakery is providing lunch at the end of the day for a networking lunch. Yes, I've had lunch there a couple of times and it's just to die for. So <laughs> very, very nicely done. <laughs> yes, and we're happy to support a local business. Yeah. Also. The sessions are 45 minutes each. So they'll have, you know, there are four given and they'll be able to choose choose two. Two, they want to two sessions, two. right. Yeah, and you know, there's still time. We still have a few weeks left. We We weren't quite sure this is a new event, but there may be still time to have some recording done of some of the sessions. So people that would like to see them afterwards, um, no promises there, but that is still uh, kind of on the side burner. Could we have these recorded? Um, I won't say yes or no yet, but it it is being talked about. Well, if it does change, that's something that we can assist in spreading the word on. If it does change as it gets closer to it. The one issue I would have is I don't get to see the other presentations, but that's beside the point. I can at least get to talk to people there, which is going to be the key piece specifically around the lunch. Because then I can go to somebody that went to one of the other sessions and say, how was it? What did you learn? And get that best of so-called in that way. Um, And that'll be good. But of four sessions, they get two sessions during the day. Plus yes. the keynote, plus, plus the networking in between, <laughs> right? So yeah. they, they should be able to come away with questions answered and some ideas, hopefully, to be able to utilize. Yes. And really, what a great way to bring people together after, not even after, but maybe hopefully after this mm-hmm. pandemic where we've all been so separated um, to bring different groups together. You know, we'll have a lot of people there from Mass Cultural Council, maybe Mass Creative, lots of cultural councils that don't get the chance to talk. Um, a lot of people with common threads that maybe don't often get to be under one roof. So I'm, I'm really mm. looking forward to the connection piece of the day. Yeah, and certainly, at least from my own perspective, reporting in Franklin, and there, this will be probably one of the bigger meetings that I've gone to where, you know, masks will still be optional, but we'll be seeing people in person <laughs> as opposed to totally on a Zoom basis. So Right. And yeah. we did, you know, as always, we're always thinking when we're planning events, how does this look during a pandemic? So, you know, again, we're in a different different space than we were when we passed yeah. when we planned our last September festival. Each time an event comes around, we have to re reevaluate. And most places, masks are optional now, but that doesn't necessarily mean people are 
comfortable. We will have masks out everywhere in mm-hmm. case people decide or change their mind. We all have experienced that. So we will have masks on hand. We'll have a hand sanitizer in hand. And because we booked the high school and this was part of the original plan, there's space. There's lots of space. You know, the auditorium there holds 800 people. So you yeah. can sit in the far corner if you want to watch right. Michael Baba and not have anybody within like, you know, 20 feet of you. There's lots of room are not going to have a coffee station as we had planned this year, because we don't want everyone touching the same handle. We're having uh, bottled water, which, you know, and it's not my most sustainable favorite choice, but it is what it is for right now during a mm-hmm. pandemic and trying sure. to host an event. So some of the decisions we're making are still very safety, uh, safety cautious. And if we get a chance to do this event again, perhaps we'll have coffee and tea and we can sit, you know, shoulder to shoulder if we choose to. And right. we're, we're just uh, one step at a time. Yeah, and for the listeners, particularly those who may be outside Franklin and don't know, but Franklin High School was the first public building to have the UV ventilation filters put in and installed. So like most of Franklin interior buildings, they have the UV filtering, which has been proven and designed specifically to clean the air as it gets circulated. So it is, while we're inside, it is one of the safest indoor places you can be. Aside from the fact that as well, the high school gym and the high school itself was also designed specifically when it was being built to be our disaster site. So we are in one of the better buildings from both the disaster perspective, as well as an air cleaning perspective, which is certainly a, a, still a concern as we're hopefully wending through towards the ends. And I'm yes. cautious about saying where to end because I don't know when we're at the end, but yeah. we're certainly not in a big wave at this point. So, yeah. There will be some, I believe, some outside seating available as well for lunches. So if you're not comfortable eating lunch inside the cafeteria, you don't have to. There mm-hmm. should be um, space outside where you can take your, your boxed lunch with you. So we've tried to account. We're lucky we have such a beautiful high school with multiple yeah. spaces to make something like this happen during, uh, you know, the pandemic. Yeah. And certainly the those who are coming in from outside Franklin, the high school really, you may recognize it depending upon where you are, because it is a model high school and the model meaning it's the standard high school and in the last, I think, 10 years or so has been the Mass School Building Association model. This is one of the larger versions of the model, but they'll have familiar features to a number of other high schools around in Eastern Mass anyway. So, yeah. So we're, we're really excited. I, I, you know, I'm glad it's, I'm hoping we're going to have a nice sunny day and, you know, I feel really grateful that we've been able to accrue such an amazing team of speakers for the day. So I know anybody coming out is going to walk away. My hope is that they're going to walk away inspired because I know we, as a teacher, myself, we're all pretty depleted. I'm hoping this day Mm -hmm. uh, will exist to fill us back up a little bit. I I know I feel back, feel, feel filled back up when I'm able to uh, meet other people that are also working in the arts and advocating. Mm -hmm. And um, I don't know, it just, it just, brings a spark to me. So I'm hoping we can bring that to everybody. Yeah. I'm looking forward to it. Having been an organizer of some other similar type events. Yeah. The serendipity of the different individuals coming together, having those conversations, having the sparks (laughs) just, Oh, you do that. We can do that. Why not? That kind of piece. And then leaving their energetic, energetic and energized to go do stuff for arts and culture. What's wrong with that? (laughs) Yep, exactly. Exactly. It should be a great morning. So I'm, I appreciate you 
you're always such a great ally to all of the arts and cultural uh, committees in, in Franklin, Steve, uh, Steve, I appreciate you advocating for us and being an ally. Oh, it's, 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 it's good. And as I say, as we tend to close out, I do this because Franklin matters. We are now producing this in collaboration with Franklin TV and Franklin Public Radio. This podcast is my public service effort for Franklin, but we can't do it alone. We can always use your help. How can you help? If you can use the information that you find here, please tell your friends and neighbors. If you don't like something here, please let me know. Through this feedback loop, we can continue to make improvements. And I thank you for listening. For additional information, please visit franklinmatters.org. If you have questions or comments, you can reach me directly at suresteve at gmail.com. The music for the intro and exit was provided by Michael Clark and the group East of Shirley. The piece is titled Ernesto Manana, copyright Michael Clark and Tintype Tunes in 2008, and used with their permission. I hope you enjoy. By the way, you can also subscribe and listen to Franklin Matters Radio on your favorite podcast app. Search in podcasts for Franklin Matters.